Well, of course it came down to the wire. The <laughs> Minnesota Vikings beat the New York Jets 27-22 with the Jets throwing into the end zone at the end of the game, trying to uh, put us on our third loss. But this magical, wonderful Minnesota Vikings season continues with its 10th victory. The Vikings are 10-2 and after beating the Jets 27-22. I'm your play-by-play guy, Paul Allen. The analyst on the Vikings Radio Network and KFAN is Pete Bursich. Spine tingler, uh, what are your takes? Wow. Um, you know, you put up 27 points against a very good defense. You came off putting up 33 against a very good Patriots defense. We, I don't think the rest of this season, for sh- well, taking a just mental running through it with the Colts, with the Giants, you're not going to see a defensive backfield like this the rest of the year. So I cannot wait to see what our offense can do against the likes of the Detroit Lions who are struggling mightily on defense coming into this game. Right. You know, um, how many points that we can put up defensively. I like that we got more aggressive, right? We only had one sack on the day, uh, you know, that was Patrick Jones, which is okay. We got pressure on white, right? We made him a little, we made him a little bit inaccurate. We didn't let him sit in the pocket. We got more aggressive though, pinned our ears back, blitzed a little bit more. I like that. I think there was a, there was a stage there in around the third, you know, third quarter, end of the second quarter into the third or that was all working. What did not work for the Vikings today was tackling. A couple of missed tackles cost us, I mean, well, a handful of missed tackles is well over 100 and some 150 yards of offense. Big time. And, and, and that's something that's easily fixed, I think, because it's a matter of desire. It's just a matter, you know, Chan and Sullivan, you got to come up with that tackle. You, you, you have to do those things. I thought our short passing game looked great. You know, I, I Cousins today – was just off. He was just off a little bit. And the short passing game was there. And if we can get this short passing game going, then the Vikings can pick their poison because it was the rush. The rush was 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 excellent. The rushing game, I love today, 128 yards on the ground. Mm. We were averaging well over four yards a carry. Um, I If we can run the ball like that efficiently, have a short passing game, and then everything else that this team brings to the table – I just don't know how defenses are going to stop us, Paul. I really don't. I, I, I mean, I, I think we're as balanced of an offense yeah. as you're going to find. And unfortunately, defensively, yeah, we've got some things that we've got to fix. Um, you know, Cameron Bynum definitely showed some rust, but we've got to get somebody in that oh, spot. Caleb Evans, you mean. Caleb Evans, excuse me. Caleb Evans showed some rust today. Um, whatever we do out there, we, we've, we've got to get someone out there who can settle in over the next five weeks and have some momentum going into playoff time. Dalvin Cook went for 86 yards and a touchdown, four and a half yards per run. Alexander Madison only had 14 yards, but he had a touchdown. Cousins, 21 of 35, 173. A TD to JJ, uh, no interceptions, passer rating of 82.2. Cousins started the game 0 for 5, and the Vikings found a way to win 27-22. Now, uh, the analyst mentions the Detroit Lions. If the Vikings beat the Detroit Lions at Ford Field next week, we have won the NFC North for the first time since 2017. And, Paul, and, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson's on the record saying if we beat Detroit, win the division in Detroit, he will take his shirt off mm-hmm. and put the, and don the chains. On the, on the flight back. Yes. He wow. said He said that's he, – so he's already called that. Mm-hmm. So well, we'll I mean, see if it happens. TJ doesn't play defense, and and the reason I bring that up is into the game. The Vikings were giving up 275 a game in the air, last in the NFL, 7.7 yards per pass, which was by far last in the NFL. 
and Mike White rolled in the air and went for 369 and didn't have any touchdowns, a couple of interceptions, including a game-sealing interception. But uh, the analyst mentions the Lions. Uh, they beat Jacksonville today 40-14. to Jared Goff, 31-41, 340, two touchdowns. They both went to Amon Ross St. Brown, who beat us at Ford Field last year. Amon Ross St. Brown, 11 catches, 114-2. and two. So that's going to be a stiff test next week. But that's next week for now. Gabe Henderson and Ben Lieber carry you through winning formula. Welcome to the double-digit edition of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. I'm Gabe Henderson. That's Ben Lieber. Uh, the Vikings win the AFC East this year, beating all four teams. Uh, but jokingly, uh, Ben, we, we – Almost won the NFC North today, but the Detroit Lions won, so we have to wait another week. The Minnesota Vikings went 27-22 to over the New York Jets today. And uh, in my opinion, Ben, it was a tell of two halves. Uh, oh, yeah. The first half, the Minnesota Vikings up 20-6 to at the break. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, third quarter rolls continue for this Minnesota Vikings team. Uh, eighth time this year, we haven't scored a touchdown in the third quarter. Your thoughts on just the two tells of the game today? I, you know, I don't know what really to tell you. It's been the same MO as the as the season's gone along. We only had 10 yards mm. total offense in the third quarter. We've talked about it again. We've got to come out of the second half the way that we enter the game. We're excellent on the opening drive in the first quarter. And then the defense, I, I have to just think that the defense is making more adjustments than us offensively. Yeah. But here's the deal. We always find a way to figure it out and to fix it. So after only 10 yards on three drives in the third quarter, we come out, go 75 yards. Mm. We, we threw the ball down the field. Excellent. We, we drive the ball in the end zone after seven plays. And we're like, how? What? Yeah, what, what are we doing? Uh, what are we doing? What? Like, how, like how, how, does, how do we go from, like, nothing yeah. to, like, <laughs> an lot. impressive drive, you know? <laughs> and it was a drive that we needed to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's – that's the thing with this team is when we need to make a play late in the game, we're making the plays. Can, can we live on that, though, with all these interceptions but giving up all these yards? Can, can, you, can you live and die by that if you're this Minnesota Vikings defense? Look, I think we came into this game with the 31st-ranked defense mm-hmm. and total defense. And, you know, I don't, I, I'm, not a, I'm not an almanac. I'm not an encyclopedia of Super Bowl oh, knowledge. But could have lied I, to me. I, I, don't, I don't think <laughs> that there's been a team that's won the Super Bowl if you're ranked the 31st or the 32nd-ranked defense so if we're talking championship which why wouldn't we talk championship here that has to get better I understand that we're taking the ball away we're being opportunistic you know we're we're doing a good job I I would say as of late kind of disguising some coverages Mm -hmm. we did a little bit of that in the first half not so much in the second half but we are being opportunistic but I'm not so sure that the total yardage you know, allowing teams to, to drive down the yeah. field and convert first down after first down is a recipe for success if you're talking championships. But what does that say about our defense, right? You know, over, you know, almost 500 yards for this New York Jets mm-hmm. team, you know, getting it down to the red zone almost every single drive, but we're holding them to field goals. Yeah. What does that say about this bend but don't break defense? Well, again, I mean, it's you can't be like super proud of it like look okay. at all the yards we gave up but again they get down in the red zone we were one of they were one of six You're right you know our defense held them to one of six in the red zone i would absolutely trade field goals for touchdowns yep. any day as long as their offense can go out there and they can put the ball in the end zone and i think that's the catch we need this the way this defense is playing we need our offense to score touchdowns yeah. not field goals and that's a tall task i mean we've we, as, we, as you get into the playoffs, every defense is going to be good. You know, every team is going to be good. So to always rely on the offense scoring touchdowns I think is a little concerning. Uh, I, I want to talk about Kirk Cousins 
phenomenal first half. That third quarter, he had negative 12 passing yards. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts just on his performance today? I tell you what, he was, it was a gutty performance because he took a lot of shots. Yeah, I mean, we knew that this yeah, was going to be a really formidable front four. They don't blitz a lot. They, they did a really good job blitzing on second down. They mm-hmm. kind of guessed right a lot of times blitzing on second down. Um, but it seemed like every pass play, Kirk was just getting hit. He was peeling himself off off the turf so um, I think it was a gutty performance it wasn't his best he clearly looked a little inaccurate there's a couple throws he threw behind timing was off I would just chalk it up to saying it just wasn't his day you know whether he was feeling that pressure early on um, I think their secondary has a lot to do with it as well they closed off a lot of windows Um, every throw had to be super tight and perfect and and he just wasn't there yeah I will agree with you on that but also understanding how our offense continues to evolve after that Dallas Cowboys game it looked like we wanted to do a lot of play action a lot of long routes down the field Mm -hmm. fast forward to the New England Patriots game bunch of quick routes quick routes this week we saw quick routes we saw you know pay action passing we saw running how do you feel this offense is evolving over time much more balance you know we're seeing we're seeing a commitment to the run game you know we talk about uh that patriots game look dalvin didn't blow the doors off with yards but they were crucial in telling the defense we're not going to shy away you're not going to make us Mm one-dimensional we're still going to run the football and we're going to try to set some things up and they did that and and Coach O'Connell even talked about the importance of setting up some of those pass plays on play action using Dalvin Cook, even though he wasn't breaking long runs. Mm -hmm. So I think the same thing is true today. They really thought they could attack the perimeter of this defense, and they did that. Um, Again, not super successful in the second half, but almost 100, just shy of 100 yards rushing in the first half. So they were doing enough to keep them on their their heels, and I think it all paid dividends in the fourth quarter. Uh, Understanding that this Vikings team continues to find ways to win. What does that say about this team going forward now that we are in December football, which is the best – like you want to be playing your best time of football this time of the year if you want to actually make some noise in the playoffs and hopefully get to the ultimate goal? They're believers. You know, to me, they're, they're, they're believing in the system. They're believing in even what Ed Donatel's doing defensively of like, okay, we may be giving up some yards here and there, but let's not panic. Yeah. We're not going to panic. We've got a couple high end safeties. We've got some guys that can get after the passer. We get guys like Patrick Jones stepping mm-hmm. up. You know, we had a lot of role players that played a, a big, big time roles in, uh, in, in plays in this game, both offense and defense. Mm-hmm. I just think defensively, they believe that they're going to make the play. And when it's, it's crunch time, whether it's in Buffalo or coming down to this final drive, yeah. they know they can look around and say, one of us is going to make a play. Yeah. We don't know who's going to be, but one of us will make a play. Well, we've had nine wins by a score or less, which is uh, the most in franchise history. And mm-hmm. you move forward to this Detroit Lions game at Ford Field next week. And uh, so many implications, NFC yeah. North implications. I want to put on a big hat next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah says one of those NF- big hats. Yeah, <laughs> says NFC North champions. But understanding that playing a Detroit Lions team that have won four out of their last five games. How do we do that? I know we haven't watched film, but we kind of know this Detroit Lions team being that we're in the same division. Well, it's going to be tough. I mean, they're they're training in the right direction, man. They they played Buffalo tough. They had three wins right before that. you know, they, they had an easy game today. Jared Goff, was, you know, kind of went off in, in his game as well. So they're throwing the ball all over the place. They're finding a little bit more balance as well, running the football. And that defense, I, we always talked about, if that defense just didn't, didn't take so many risks, mm-hmm. you know, trying to blitz and pressure so much that they got a lot of talent over there on, yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. So that's a team that's, that's trending in the right direction. But we're going to be highly motivated. Like yeah. you said, you know, we win that game. We are we, – we, we, lock up the nfc north we yeah. we punch our ticket to the playoffs um so there's a lot to play for next week no, our guys will be motivated we will be motivated and like i said last week what it do 
This Minnesota Vikings team is 10-2, and, and that's all for this edition of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. All right, Gabe, thank you very much. Uh, Garrett Wilson, the 10th overall pick in the 2022 draft, rookie from Ohio State, 15 targets, 8 catches, 162 yards. Ooh. I mean, I know we blew some tackles, but this <laughs> kid can play. Yes, he can, and, and I think uh, when the Jets sit down and watch this film, there were a couple of other opportunities for Garrett Wilson that they could have, if they could have gotten, got, you know, got the football his way, um, it would have been more, you know, more big plays. So, you know, the Jets, this is, this is a damn good football team. I know. You know, and you take a look at the, the situ, the positions that they're in and what they have even coming up. I mean, they got to figure out the quarterback, right? They got to figure out the, the quarterback position. Um, you know, they're going to wait on the development of Zach Wilson. I don't know. Mike White, I think, gives them some juice. Uh, you know, I think he played he played pretty well today. We knew he was going to throw us the football. Yeah. Um, we, came up, we came up with two of them. Should have been four. But overall, I mean, you know, the, you know, the, the, this is one of not only the fastest teams. I mean, I'm talking about offensive, defensively, and special teams. No doubt. But they, they fly around. Yeah. They play hard. Yeah. Salah's I mean, a good this, coach. Yeah. Salah's doing an unbelievable job with the attitude of this team and with this and with these guys. And I'm telling and you. Sauce Gardner can play. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, Sauce, I think Sauce Gardner, you know, he's not the only, he's not the only DB out there, you know. And I know he, he was catching a little flack for you know, holding and those. He's a big bodied guy. All right. So he may not be the man to put on the most elusive wide receiver and that and Justin Jefferson is by the most elusive wide receiver. It's a, he's like a video game out there. Yeah. When he caught that when he was going to we were going to throw that double pass and he just pulled that thing down. The way he's he's unbelievable how quick he is. So yeah, me, you know, that may not be Sauce Gardner's forte. So right. we'll see. But they you know, that whole backfield is 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 unbelievably solid and um they blitzed. We made them blitz a lot today. Right. We took them out of their normal happen. You know, there's their four man rush. That's what yeah. we do. They came out and really blitzed a lot today. So that that's a tip of the cap to this offense, saying yeah. we're making defenses change what they do. Right. And have to adjust what they do in order for them to stop an offense. And and you know, I again, I wish I I hope we could see that out of the defense by the by the time this season's over. But right now. There, there's some questions that need to be answered on that side of the ball. And Minnesota Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell spoke glowingly of um, of some of those moments Pete just mentioned in his post-game press conference, and here it is. Proud of our team. Um, proud of the way they once again, um, although on a, a, a day where we knew we are playing a really good football team, a, a team over there that's so well coached, they've got a lot of really good players, played really hard, uh, and schematically did a lot of things to, to make life hard on us. Uh, our guys in that locker room just continue to band together, and when we have to make a play, um, our guys found a way to complement each side and get another great punt there late by Ryan Wright and then uh, um, find a way to get that thing turned over and, and win another game here at U.S. Bank. Cannot say enough about our home fans. Uh, this atmosphere, this crowd, they will us uh, to some of these victories, and, and I hope that they know and our fans know how important they are for us. We're going to try to win um, every single one of our opportunities and, and see how many of these uh, opportunities, uh, po you know, in the postseason. Hopefully, if we're able to qualify and, and get in, that we could give our fans a chance to continue to do their thing. Um, but just proud of our team. Um, a ton of things that I could do better. Uh, play players and coaches. There's a lot for us to go back 
and uh, take a look at and, and continue our quest to play our, our best football here as uh, December gets rolling and uh, on hopefully into January. Kevin, this second straight game where you've had kind of a situation where you've elected to run it to make them use their timeout. Yep. Is there any like consideration there of just trying to throw the ball and get that first down, or do? You... Yeah, I think there was more to consider than just you know trying to get them to use their timeouts. Um, I thought their front was uh, a really good front coming in, and I think when you got your heels. Uh, in the paint of your own end zone. You just ultimately, we'd done such a good job at having played a pretty clean game uh, as far as winning the penalty battle, being plus two turnovers. Um, our defense, although we gave up a lot of yards, uh, they were very, very good again on third down. You know, I think they held them to 19%, one of six in the red zone. And then on the flip side, although it was at times a struggle for us offensively, 50% on third down and three of three in the red zone. So um, at that point, uh, it's really one of those things where risk-reward, um, if we felt like there was a real opportunity maybe uh, to, to push the ball downfield from your own end zone, um, I, by all means, I would go for it. I, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, and I thought we had some chances there. We had some hat-on-a-hat hat type of runs, especially that last toss. We just couldn't quite uh, get everybody covered up to maybe get it out and, and, and one first down, get that thing, get that clock rolling. And, and uh, you know maybe we can put it away. But uh, I had confidence in our defense like they've done multiple times this year, finding a way to get that stop, get it, uh, get that ball stopped and, and not in the end zone. And uh, we were taking a knee again here at U.S. Bank. Why the lull in the offense, you know, which extended throughout the third quarter? Why? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we didn't, was hoping to get off to a little bit better start there in the third quarter. And then uh, whether it was, um, you know, whether it was our second drive there, uh, I did think we had a couple opportunities play pass-wise. Uh, we had TJ down the field one time for a chance in an explosive, and then Justin kind of crossing, um, you know, uh, crossing the field there. We just couldn't convert those plays. And whether it's Kirk throwing to TJ Hawkinson or, or Justin Jefferson in those looks, uh, we felt great about the looks. I thought the line held up in those moments, and, and, and I expect those guys to make those plays, and they will, uh, and they have all season long. So it uh, would have helped with that lull, Chris, and, 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 and then you know, just another example of uh, you know, us really not taking advantage of a, of a lead at halftime and then ultimately coming out and putting somebody away. Um, but give the other side credit. I thought they made some adjustments offensively. Um, and then defensively, that's you know, another really, really good front, really good defense. And, um, our guys kind of just continued to battle, and we did not want to make that, mis that one mistake. We did not want to make uh, a, a, a critical error that would allow them to uh, completely grasp the momentum in the game. But ultimately, you're exactly right. We would love uh, to, to avoid that third quarter lull, and that's something I got to take a real long look at, look inward, and try to be better for our guys. As your team, With all the uh, wins and close games, do you think you're seeing a uh, carryover effect? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I just think. Uh, our guys expect uh, to find a way. And I think the situational success on third down and red zone, players can feel that. Uh, although we feel like at times maybe defensively we're giving up some chunks yardage-wise or offensively, we just can't you know, punch through like we did on that touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. Um, that was just execution, execution by our guys offensively. And then at the end of the game there, defensively execution, being at their best when we need them to be. Um, and that's kind of been the theme for us this year. I still think. Uh, it is within us, you know, to be a little bit more consistent, coach a little bit more consistent. Uh, but uh, as I told our team afterwards, 10 wins um, in this league uh, through uh, 12 opportunities. Um, I think they've earned the right to feel confident, but 
I do think we got to continue to prepare like every single week is the most important game of our season because that's what we've done. I give our players a ton of credit, our leadership a ton of credit for that. Um, and as we move forward here, we're going to continue to be tested and uh, we're going to have to earn the right to go into these games with confidence. This 10-2 and two record means absolutely nothing. we got to go prepare, get better, and play our best here towards the end of the season. Do you think the guys play just a little bit cautious with the lead? No, I, I don't. I, I think you got to give some teams credit schematically for, you know, kind of finding some things. Uh, and then offensively, you know, we, when we do have a lead, we want to run the football. We want to try to control the clock and, and still be aggressive when we can. That's where I think those play action opportunities would have been big for us. Um, but in the end, you know, maintaining possession and, and relying on all three t phases of our football team um, were, were really what helped playing, in addition to playing a clean game, no turnovers, and winning the t penalty battle. Given that you are winning games and, make, and your defense is making big plays in the fourth quarter, how much do you care about I think, I, I think you, you have to continue to look at it just because uh, it just puts a lot of pressure on your football team and, and vice versa on the offensive side, trying to avoid um, times where we, may, we, we get a little stagnant and don't earn first downs uh, to stay on the field and maybe allow our defense to rest a little bit more. I mean, time of possession was pretty close, 31 to 28, but it feels like offensively we could have done a better job in those moments to, to maintain kind of the uh, the, the the ability to, to maintain that momentum, uh, which then might have just made it a little bit easier for our team to not need it to come together in the end the way it did. Uh, but uh, you make a, I think the confidence level of winning football games cannot be, uh, you know, it can't be replicated by, hey, you know, we lost one, but we played great. I think we'll always take coming in there and feeling the, the enthusiasm of win over anything else. What did you observe on the white touchdown? That was reversed on replay. Yeah, I think uh, I, I could see why it needed to be reviewed. Good challenge there by Robert. Uh, you know, coming down, you know, it was hard to see. We had so many uh, purple hats around the ball. Um, I think it was just hard for that official coming down the line to see maybe where the football was in, you know, in comparison to breaking the plane. Um, so obviously when they were able to kind of, once the challenge happened and see that he did make it in there, um, and it looked like his body almost, you know, his body was in there regardless of if you could see the football. So uh, it was a good attempt by our guys to obviously somebody trying to quarterback sneak you and they end up out there, you know, darn near the numbers trying to punch it in. At least the internal interior guys did their job and then we rallied and it's a game of inches at that point, especially to your point about the yards when you're allowing yourself to have to have goal line stands in those moments. When you guys have had this many high leverage snaps, especially on defense, what does that do for a group to have had this many reps at it as you potentially go to the playoffs here in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I do feel like uh, we're going to be able to rely on a lot of these experiences, how we've won games, uh, whether it be earlier in the season when offensively going down to win, um, you know, later on in the games, finding ways situationally to try to manipulate the clock, our players being on completely on board with how we're trying to do things and, uh, you know, whether it's us and, and how we use our timeouts to trying to maybe use uh, make the other side use theirs so then the clock can really be in our favor. All of those things are situational football. We strive really, really hard uh, every single week to teach our players uh, so that when those moments come around, um, you know, we can find the find ways to have advantages and, and be at our best in those moments. But like we've talked about, we've, we've got some experience and the guys can rely on that, but let's go continue to try to strive to be the best possible team we could be for this season. What do you say to Caleb Evans? Uh, 
have a concussion? Yeah, he's uh, he's in the uh, he's in the protocol. Um, he was at one point he was evaluated and cleared um, by uh, you know by the independent and, and by our sideline. And then uh, as as the game kind of went on, it, you know we you know you always keep an eye on those players, especially guys. Um, that have had some things come up, and uh, you know he started to have some symptoms and reported them, and uh, we'll we'll take a look at where he's at. But we immediately got him back out of the game, and and uh, you know we'll 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 keep an eye on him. Absolutely. Is that the only injury yet? Uh, I think uh, Bullard uh, Bullard had a right bicep, um, and and that uh, at that point he was questionable. There was a chance he would maybe come back in, but that did indeed end his day. But nothing beyond that. No. Okay, what's to say about Kurt? Since you know, his accuracy was just off throughout the game, but to put that, that drive together there. Yeah, I thought it was huge. Uh, there's going to be days like that. He's incredibly accurate. Uh, it's one of I've, – I've always just marveled at his ability to be accurate with the football from an NFL pocket when teams have really good interior rush and then some good edge players as well. We were doing some things to try to help, you know, give him as much time as possible uh, when we were going to try to push the ball down the field. And it was just one of those days where maybe, um, you know, whether it was a double move, go ball to Justin, and we just end up being – you know, uh, you know, right off his fingertips there as he went to the ground in the first half, or, uh, you know, like I said, those two opportunities there in the second half. But then what does he do? He comes back and stacks four, five, six really good plays together, puts pressure on the defense. And then when we had to have it, that third and goal from the 10, um, you know, to find Justin the way he did. And, and I mean, that's a far hash, full field throw uh, for a toe tap over on that right side. And, um, that's how you win football games in this in this league. We don't we don't win this game unless we get the, that seven points right there. So give Turk, Kirk a ton of credit. He he broke down the team after uh, you know after uh, after the game, and uh, I believe he said something along the lines of you know tough times don't last last tough, tough people do. Uh, he probably said it a heck of a lot cleaner than I just did, but um, and I think that message uh, means a lot. Uh, for our team, because what that means is we lo we found a way in the end, and and we knew it was going to be that kind of game against this team um, to get 27 on the board against them, and then get that stop in the end. It was good enough to win, uh, but there is a lot that uh, we'll go back on and coach very hard. And the best part is our players will be right; they'll be in first thing tomorrow, ready to get back to work, knowing what kind of challenge we have this week going to Detroit. What's going on with that softness, like with Kirk? I'm sure you don't want to see him taking those hits, but you know, like the slide instead of taking it on his shoulder. Like, what does that break for a team, though, when, you, when guys can see the quarterback sacrificing? Yeah, I just there's been you know countless examples around the league of uh, the the they get protection when they run, but if it's third and eight, third and ten, third and whatever, uh, Kirk knows he's you know he's such a competitor, he's going to go try to get. Uh, those yards to stay on the field. And I, th I think it did kind of give us a little bit of juice in that moment to flip a situation in a third or longer type situation and go get those yards. I would love to see him be able to get it and get down as valuable as he is for us. Uh, but I think his toughness and his durability over a long period of time is really sp speaks for itself. Um, but as, as the play caller and head coach, I definitely want to take care of him as much as we possibly can. A lot of guys in there talked about their own feelings of calm in the red zone defensively. And yeah. What do you feel in those situations where it's that stressful problem? Um, I feel confidence in our guys to execute the call, um, to continue to communicate at a high level. Um, and when the field shrinks, um, you know, it's about execution and it's about tightening up and finding a way to just be 
a little bit better. Every blade of grass matters down there. Every time you can put your foot in the ground and make a break, every time we can get pressure on the quarterback, force him off the spot, it all works together. No greater moments than I think in that red zone, and it's it's a great point. And then offensively on the other side, you know, to be three of three on a, you know, to get down there on a day where we weren't going to get down there every time we touched it, we knew that. Uh, but to get down there and come away with three touchdowns, two runs, and, and that huge one by Kirk to Justin. Um, just speaks to our guys' level of execution, being able to finish, finish drives, stop drives, and then ultimately finish the game to find a, find a way to get our tenth win. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. All right, coach. Um, Eric Hendricks led the team with 14 tackles, and, um, and nine of them were solo. I think this was Kendricks's best game of the season. Do you? No, no question about it. And, and to see him hit some people, yeah, that was the other part of see him being physical. I, I don't know if he's been 100% healthy throughout the season if he's been nicked up or whatever but we haven't haven't seen him lower the boom on too many people uh this year and so yeah he 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 definitely had his most productive and I think his best game and, and I'll, I'll say this about Eric Kendricks as well there were a, you know a number of plays today his pass defense as a linebacker is as good as it gets his mm. zone drops his, t- his taking away the underneath. Too. You know, those two guys there have done an unbelievable job over the middle of the field. And, you know, yeah, there are a lot of shorter passes, but that's what you want the offenses to throw. Yeah. You don't want them throwing the digs, right? You, you, know, throw, you know, throw the short route. Rally up and make a tackle. That's, that's, that's what they made this Jets team do today. And, and I think maybe it's not showing up in the stats per se, yeah. but those guys are really doing a great job defending the throw. And uh, back to Sauce Gardner for a second. He had a pass defense today, meaning he has 15 this year. That's most in the NFL. I mean, he uh, getting around him was very difficult. Likewise for Quinn and Williams. Uh, their linebackers are nice. The Minnesota Vikings beat the Jets by five points, 27-22. Kirk Cousins took and gave big hits today. He took some massive hits when he was sacked or when he wasn't sacked. And then he also had an 11-yard run where he refused to slide and he and he ran headfirst into Jets leading tackler C.J. Mosley and knocked him backwards <laughs> by a couple of feet. So uh, Kirk, the tough guy, was definitely in play today. Here's Kirk following the five-point win. Hard-fought game. Um, uh, great to get a win. Um, Great atmosphere here at home. Great crowd, which I think made a major difference, especially down the stretch. Um, I felt uh, had a lot of productive runs today, um, which made a difference against a good defense. Um, you know, I, I thought our receivers made plays um, throughout the game, and and uh, you know, being 50% on third down, I think helped, and we had some long drives. Um, you know, just at times, just spent too much time on the sideline uh, of our own doing. You know, three and outs and um, third, fourth quarter, just not uh, sustaining drives enough to, um, uh, you know, score points and give our defense a break and, and kind of keep the ball in our hands. So, uh, um, you know, there, there's a lot that we need to improve upon, but uh, great to get a win at home, and um, we'll just keep working from here. Or how do you battle through when you maybe don't have your best fastball? You know, you don't. Yeah. Have- today you seem to battle through and get it at the end yeah um you just take one play at a time and you know the next play it can turn and you know the next play it can uh it can go a different way so you just keep uh keep playing and believe that um that it can turn and and it obviously helps when you have the defense making stops and uh and your teammates making plays for you um time and again um coach just said you i guess talked to the team after the game said something about i guess tough teams persevere or what exactly did you say 
Yeah, uh, it's just a, a mantra I've kind of lived by my whole pro football career that started with Mike Shanahan. Um, he would always say, you know, tough times don't last, tough people do. And I think I may have said it here before with you guys, but um, I believe strongly in that. And, and this uh, pro football journey, uh, you just have to live that again and again. Tough times don't last, tough people do. And I felt like uh, this game, you know, in a way, was a little bit of a microcosm of that. You took a lot of hits today, uh, and your durability is pretty obvious. Do you know why you've been able to be this durable? I don't have a great answer um, for that. I don't have a great answer why we're finding these inches in all these games, but um, we are. And um, I do know, you know a lot of people are praying um, for protection and have been for my entire career. And I think those prayers have been answered. And I think that um, you know, I spend a lot of time working with, uh, with different body work people here in the Twin Cities on a, on a weekly basis, you know, sometimes daily basis. So um, I think just having uh, a lot of prayers and a lot of good people working on you, working with you, that keep you, you know, put you back together after each game. Um, that's what I ask them to do. I say, hey, I'm in a car accident every week, and you got to put me back together on Monday and on Friday. And it's kind of like getting an oil change. You know, you go back and you get put back together, and then you get ready for the next car accident. So uh, that's sort of how it's been. And um, I've got some great, great people, great team that helps. I don't know. I think every game is its own entity, and I felt today our defense was. Uh, was really what came through for us, keeping them out of the end zone there twice, not to mention the other times throughout the game. Um, you know, and any time you do make a play, it's never yourself. It's always, you know, teammates, protection, a great call by Kevin, by our staff, great play design. So, um, you know, when we have had success in those moments in the fourth quarter, I think it's more a reflection of the whole product than just the, the quarterback. You found a touchdown to Jefferson. What, what was the key to making that play work? Um, yeah, because kind of clicked through the progression. TJ, KJ, I think I probably had KJ and, and needed to could have pulled the trigger to him um, to Adam and then and then saying no to all them. JJ had the right leverage with the DB inside and then uh, just try to put that ball out to the sideline for him. Uh, it's a route that he's had a lot of success with um, going back to training camp and and um, it was great to great to hit that one. We've been looking for that one for a while and couldn't get it and it was great to hit it. That was your <clears throat> Um. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk, what does it say about the offense, though? Were you, were you having some trouble sustaining anything during the half to put that drive together with you? I think it was what we needed, and um, that's where you believe that, hey, the next possession, the next play, anything can happen, anything can turn, so just stay going. And um, coaches did a great job that entire drive of just um, kind of applying pressure to the defense and putting us in a position to be successful. So, um, you know, it was great to have that drive. Just you walk away saying, gosh, could we have had two or three more of those um, instead of just that one in the, in the fourth quarter? Kurt, how much do you feel like the defense's situational success is a byproduct of how smart some of those guys are and the experience on that side? I think, it, yeah, I, I do think it goes back to you get what you emphasize. And um, whether it's the situational masters meeting every Friday that it's being coached again and again, um, I just think that, that it's been emphasized quite a bit, and I do think we have smart players, players that uh, are real pros and take it uh, with a lot of discipline and detail, and I think it does show up in those moments. What's going through your mind when you're watching the end of that game? Like, Do you just believe that they're going to find a way because they have so many times this year? Um, I'd, I'd say so. you got a belief. Um, I also think that uh, my mind is going to, you know, sort of you have to negatively think, okay, when they score, if they score, 
what are we doing? You know, similar to Buffalo when when we got the our defense got the touchdown for us on the on the fumbled sneak. You know, I'm thinking about all right, they're going to go down, kick a field goal, send us to overtime. I got to get my mind ready for that. So it, it's obviously the negative way to think, but it's your best way to then play well when the ball gets to you next. So you try to always think about what's the scenario where we get the ball back and we've got to do something with it. And then uh, when they get the stop, that's obviously a, a bonus. First, if you're lying there in the first half, when you kind of lower your head, to the you just think I got to make a play to get a first Yeah, I probably, I didn't know where the line was quite to gain. And so I just felt I got to get every yard I can. And so tried to make sure I, I uh, you know, gave it everything I had. And uh, um, I don't know if I was already past it or not, but I, I don't know if I was. But uh, that was my mindset was just let's get everything we can here. I'm not sure where it is. Well, what'd you think of meeting Lillikirk on his uh, agent? Yeah, he, he was awesome. Uh, I felt badly that he was having to be shirtless and have the chains all game long. I, was, I said to him pregame, I said, buddy, you know, if, if those things get heavy, I mean, I've worn them, they get heavy. If those get heavy, you get a little cold, feel free to put a shirt on and take the chains off. You know, you've done so much. So, uh, uh, but sure enough, in the fourth quarter, there he was. <laughs> so it was fun. And uh, they drove three hours. You know, it, it says a lot about um, our fan base and the passion they have for this team. And, you know, it's certainly a Minnesota thing, but they're coming from Iowa, and you got the Dakotas, and it's it's special to have um, you know this entire region of the country pulling for the Vikings. You mentioned car accidents earlier. Um, I don't know if there's degrees of car accidents, but was this one a particularly rough one? Uh, there were hits, but I actually was, you know, you check yourself after each one, and, and I was good. I was clean, so this one will be good. But um, it was more that their rush. Um, you know, made it uncomfortable in the pocket. So even if they're not hitting you, you feel like they're affecting your accuracy, they're affecting your uh, your um, timing. Um, and so, you know, I think it was more the timing and things like that than even the hits. Yeah, Kurt, <coughs> on some of those ones that sailed on you, did you feel on most of those like it's the rush that's affecting me? Or no, no, I think um, the one to TJ was the most egregious miss. That was just a miss, um, you know, gave it too much. There were a couple I was, you know, my feet were ahead of the play. So I'm I'm hitching and my feet are telling me to release it. But the play hasn't really developed yet. And so um, some of that is press coverage that slows down the route. You know, they've got to negotiate the route. They're not running it on air. So the timing was something that I needed to go back and watch and make sure that I'm, you know, slowing down my drop, if that makes sense, to uh, make sure I'm not ahead of the read or ahead of the play. And um, that that's part of it. How long do you get to a 4-3 and it's a receiver downfield as opposed to just like a quick check down? Yeah, it really just comes down to, um, you know, the, the coverage and the, the need to get to progress. And, um, you know, pocket's got to hold up. And I do pride myself, you know, for me to play in this league and have success, I have to be able to get through progressions and, and identify coverage and, and move quickly. I can't, uh, you know, that's the way I'm going to beat people it's going to be that way so that's going to be you know part of my calling card is you know getting through reads and progressions and trying to do that at an elite level and try to separate myself that way will it be extra special for you to clinch the division in michigan uh i think anytime you can play in a t-shirt and hat game and get the job done um you know that's that's what's special um you know i always enjoy going back to the state where I grew up and seeing people in green and white, you know, and that kind of a thing. But, um, um, you know, we've got a big challenge, and I think the Lions are a really good football team and are showing that. So um, that'll be a tough environment and big challenge for us. Last two questions. Kirk, I know a lot of um, guys on defense were saying that they're kind of feeding off you. They don't want you to get hit, but when they were <laughs> taking those hits, yeah. 
gracious throw it away. So to hear your defense say they're feeding off that yeah. energy of yours. Yeah, I love it. Those guys are great. Uh, they're just they're great teammates, and they uh, they've been so supportive of me and. Um, uh, I think they do love it. You know, as I said, when we ran for a touchdown against Arizona, they, you know, the old line loves it. And, uh, uh, you know, you certainly got to be smart. You, you know, you, you want to be there for your team the weeks ahead so you're not trying to lower your shoulder all the time. But, but yes, yeah, certainly be smart and, and pop back up and, and keep making plays. I think that's a part of playing the position and part of being a pro quarterback. All righty. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Ron Johnson from Fox 9 and the Vikings Entertainment Network. Also, the Ron Johnson Show. That's a podcast you can find uh, wherever you find your podcasts. He offers up three takes, and here they are. Thanks, B.A. This is Ron Johnson coming to you from the KFAN studios, and these are my takeaways from today's Jets-Vikings victory, 27-22, another nail-biter that came down to the wire. The Vikings fans, I know it's been a wild season. I heard eight games of a win of less than a touchdown. That is crazy when you think about a 10-2 team coming down to the wire that many games. But here's my first takeaway. The defense did give up 486 yards. You can nitpick all you want, but here's the positive. Three for 16 on third downs. That's 18.75%. Two for five on fourth downs. And one for six in the red zone. That is ridiculous. One for six in the red zone. But when you think about that, they gave up five field goals. They were able to hold them to five field goals, and that was a big reason why they won 15 points early in the game, but all field goals, so the defense did their job there. They got off the field every third down possible. My next one, I'm sticking with the defense. Two turnovers, Cam Bynum, Harrison Smith, interceptions. There was also a third interception that should have happened, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Bynum, Evans, Caleb Evans running to each other, both wanting the tip ball up high in the air. Could have been a third interception, but it was not. It fell to the ground, but Cam Bynum and Harrison Smith with the interceptions today. That's two turnovers to the Vikings, zero turnovers. That was a big reason. Another huge reason. One, his close out the game, and Harrison Smith got the game started with the first three points. So it was like a sandwich. Harrison Smith interception to start the game. Cam Bynum's interception to end the game. And in the middle, there was some stuff here and there. And here's one of the things in the middle, which is my third takeaway. It's Justin Jefferson. It wasn't a great day as far as yards. It wasn't a great day as far as catches. But one play in particular. Justin Jefferson, fourth quarter, third and six, 10-yard out route. This is why it is so crazy. At the top of the route, he ran a hezzy. For those that don't know, that's a hesitation in basketball. It's a little hesitation move to freeze your defender. But he ran a hezzy running a route, just completely stopped his feet, stood still for a half a second, and the defensive back had no idea what Justin Jefferson was about to do, didn't know if it was a, a different route, didn't know if he was a decoy, didn't know if he like didn't know what else to do and messed up in the route running, didn't know if it was a screen behind him. And then what does Justin Jefferson do? Kirk Cousins throws the ball before Justin Jefferson breaks. He breaks to the out. He goes from 0 to 60, gets back fast enough to catch up to the ball, gets two feet in. It's a 10-yard touchdown. On paper, it just says a 10-yard touchdown. But if you see that video, oh, my goodness. That's why that is one of my takeaways because Justin Jefferson's hezzy 
You got to watch that route, people. It is something of beauty. It's nasty. It's filthy and beautiful all at the same time. And that's why Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL right now. But again, didn't have the yardage day that he wanted because he needed over 110 yards to stay on that pace for 210 yards. But do you know when Justin Jefferson lacks in one area one game, the next game he comes back with a vengeance. So the Detroit Lions Watch out for Justin Jefferson in the yardage. They did get the best of them last time, so hopefully they don't get the best of them this time. But those are my three takeaways. The Vikings, again, win 27-22. to 22. Back to you guys at the stadium. Lions next. Your thoughts? Oh, wow. I mean, the Lions, you know, I think Jared Goff is a, is a good he's – a, he's a very good quarterback. He's very accurate. So, yeah. you know, we that's the one thing that you, you take a look at today – Mike White was 31 of 57, so we at least made him inefficient in that respect. And a lot of that, I think, was toward you know toward the end. Um, but for Goff, he's so accurate. You got to get pressure on him. You know, you you can't just let him just sit back and pick you apart. So that goes down. At Zedarius Smith, when at the beginning of the game, Paul was back. He was back to what we saw earlier this season. Yep. He was healthy. Now he retweaked something along the way and was played sparingly toward the end. So let's hope he's just jumping in his car and driving right over to TCO right now to start the rehab process because we need him. This defense needs Darius Smith. Patrick Jones, I thought, showed up today. Did a really nice job in showing up today, but we need Darius Smith healthy if we're going to, you know, toward the end of this season, and, and we'll just see how he looks throughout the week. Yeah, once again, Jared Goff, 340-2, and two, both to Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, and um, Jamal Williams. They each scored, and they combined for 97 rushing yards. The Detroit Lions are hot. I mean, they're really starting to play well offensively and defensively, and that's the next challenge from Ford Field. Great job today, Peter. Thank you, Paul. It, it, what a blast. And the beauty of it is we found so many ways to win close games. It's unbelievable. That, this and that last drive, I mean, there was no panic in you at all. None. None whatsoever. In who? In you. Oh, at I, all. I, I, I mean, never thought we were going to lose. That's the thing. For and, some reason. And I, and you know what, Paul? I think that is symbolic of this whole team, right? I think that those guys on the field felt the same way. Yeah. We're going to find a way to win this football game because right. they've done it so many times already this well, season. You know, and, and – what not was this? What now? Nine one-score wins. Yeah, I mean yeah. NFL record. It's unbelievable. So they they show up when they need to. It's but just see, it'd I be mean, nice to say, hey guys, you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> when you played for the Vikings early-ish '90s, you know through through 2000. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but you you played for teams that never had a losing yeah, record. Yeah, I don't right? know if we. Yeah, no. Okay, well the '98 no, we team for which you played is one of the greatest in the history of the team, uh, of the of the uh, organization. What I'm getting at here is when you basically are a 95 percent loser, and Josh Allen drops the ball at the goal line, Kendricks falls on it to get a touchdown where it looks like you're going to win, then, of course, they tie it, but then you win in overtime. When stuff like that happens, I would imagine from a player standpoint, why would you ever think that you're going to take a bad beat? You're right about that, and that's I think that's the difference. You mentioned 15-1, and one, and we've talked about that, about how when things weren't going the right way, it was not, oh, here we go again, but who's going to step up and make a big play? Exactly. And that's, Last year that, it was here ex- we go again. Exactly right, yeah. and, and, and you know, so that attitude has, has, has definitely switched. The difference, though, Paul – is in 98, we didn't have a lot of one-score games. I don't know if we had any. I think the only one-score game was the one that we lost. Yeah, Tampa. You know what I mean? And 
These guys are used to that week in and week out. Wow. Now, yeah, you'd like to pull them aside and say, hey, if we tighten some things up, we're not going to put ourselves in that position. But making this stretch, right, you're making this – you you came into the season thinking if we could maybe a wild card type situation, yeah. you know, it's a big improvement for this team. Well, lo and behold, we're knocking on the door already uh, of, of, of sewing up this division. Yep. And then you start thinking about the playoff games and how the, the game plan goes to it. Everything goes to the next level, yeah. the intensity, the game planning, the one on everything. Yep. We're used to being in these one score games. Right. It's going to be nothing new Great point. to this team as we hit the playoffs yeah. and – I don't care who it is. No one rolls through the playoffs. You don't see a lot of multiple score victories in the playoffs, Paul. Yep. They all come down to the wire. So, in that respect, this team might be in great shape. We shall see. Well, the Vikings are currently the two seed in the NFC, a game and uh, a tiebreaker behind Philadelphia. Of course, Philadelphia crushed Tennessee 35-10. to The Eagles just never lose. But uh, we'll worry about them when we need to worry about them. Instead, the Lions are next from Ford Field, and that's the next time you will hear Pete and I on the postgame report. For Pete Bursich, I'm Paul Allen. The Minnesota Vikings are 10-2. and They beat the New York Jets in a dramatic way, 27-22. to And as you can imagine, KOC, Kevin O'Connell, quite thrilled with his postgame locker room speech. Hey, fellas, listen up real quick. By no means, by no means was that our best day. But I'll tell you what I felt each and every time adversity hit, I felt you guys come together even closer and even closer. And you know what that normally entails? Situational football. All right, on the day, our defense held them to 19%, three of 16 on third down, and one of six in the red zone. Give up. And oh, by the way, offensively, we knew it was going to be a grind. That's what that side of the ball does. We did not turn the football over. We went 50% on third down and three of three in the red zone. Defensively, every single week is the goal. Give it up for yourselves again. Plus two turnovers. Offensive side of the ball first. All right, this guy grinded all day, running very, very hard. It was going to be that kind of game. All right, give it up for Dalvin Cook and his career touchdown right there. Defense is done all season long. The situational stuff matters. All right, but then you got to go finish it. Then you got to go finish it. We had a chance on an earlier snap. Harry almost did it, but then his brother can't buy him coming yes, through. Yes. I want to tell you something, fellas. Anytime in this league, anytime in this league, you get to 10 wins. All right, 10 wins, no matter the grind, no matter what it takes, we find a way. Anytime you get to 10 wins in this league, you give it up for yourselves. You give it up for what you guys are doing. We put in the work. We continue to do what you guys have done all season. Come together, prepare, and show up with the confidence to go win a football game. We're going to be just fine. I promise you that. I'm so proud of you guys. I love everybody in this room. Let's get back to work this week and go for number 11. Great job, man. Way to stand up. Be tough. We talked about toughness last night. Tough times don't last. Tough people do, man. Yes, sir. Great job. Let's go. Likes on three, one, two, three, five.